Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to College Football Unfiltered, where it is always football season, and we here are part of the Believe Podcast Network and presented by Bet Online, which remains the number one spot for all of your basketball and football action this season, and it has not been short of any action here with college football. But still, from basketball to baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, you name it, even Vegas casino games. We don't want you to miss out on all the action here at Bet Online. So head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You cannot miss out on that. All you have to do is use the promo code BELIEVE50, that is B L E A V 50, to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to CFB Unfiltered. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Josh Taylor and Donovan White. Guys, we are coming off a, you know, week eight that wasn't necessarily the most appealing going into it, right? But, man, did it deliver some some tasty uh, treats for college football junkies. Almost two big upsets uh, you know, that that were survived by Cincinnati and Oklahoma. We're going to get into that Penn State and that garbage offense that they threw out there that we'll break down in detail here in just a minute. But, Josh, just give everybody kind of an overarching thought before we dive into these it, individual games that happened this week. Yeah, this is the time of the year where the uh, contenders start to rise to the top and then the pretenders seem to fall out. Maybe Oklahoma State's in that category. Um, but I think we'll start to see a clearer picture of what the playoffs looks like moving forward. I think this week for a boring week actually told us a lot, especially with Alabama. Donovan, uh, eight days, eight days from now, actually nine from going live right now, this the first CFP rankings will be put out. The, the college football playoff committee will put out their rankings, you know, coming off of the week eight action, heading into week nine, kind of what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I'm really excited to see where the playoff committee, you know, values teams like Cincinnati or Alabama or Ohio State with some of the losses under their belt or Cincinnati still undefeated. I just think this weekend proved, you know, this isn't 2020 anymore, right? 2021, even a, you know, a week, college football weekend can be exhilarating right from the noon kickoff games you get a you get a thriller of a weekend absolutely uh and guys we're gonna do a better job of putting up some some comments here throughout the show josh you don't gotta like some of these it, it, people railing on you alabama already That's early right. uh bring back yeah, the wish alabama looked like doo-doo i didn't bother to watch the fourth, the quarter. fourth quarter was the best part you think they look like a national championship team in the fourth quarter so you yes. should should have kept watching OU seven Nats as Tennessee in all bold right there, all caps. Uh, so Tennessee, you know, I will say this: Josh Heupel has that program on the uptick. They're they're looking pretty good. And then Hendon Hooker, no doubt. 
Yeah, Hendon Hooker's Hendon Hooker's going to do great. I even tweeted out last night. I said Hendon Hooker is going to do special things for the Tennessee program before he's out of there. And then Gary Lewis joining us on the YouTube channel as well here on the 365 Sports YouTube channel. Very bummed out for Oklahoma State, and he's a Pac-12 fan. Well, Gary, you must uh, love misery because the Pac-12 <laughs> is misery. So uh, best of luck to yeah. you with uh, being a Pac-12 fan over there. But, Donovan, you're our resident Big Ten aficionado, uh, the one who loves all things Big Ten up there, and you get to see someone in the Big Ten East go down in a just absolute blaze of glory. I would call it a blaze of glory, but it was just a blaze of mediocrity up there in Penn State, losing in nine overtimes, and there was only 38 total points scored in the entire football game. Absolutely dreadful. Donovan, what is your reaction? Well, my reaction is this. It's bad for the Big Ten, but it's bad for college ball. Right? You wanted an Ohio State at you know, 4 or 5 versus a Penn State at seven, 7 or 8 this coming weekend. But a Penn State team that has zero offense right against, mm-hmm. I, I believe, 2 and 5 Illinois team going into that, who had 38 yards passing, 38, and, and had over 350 yards rushing against Penn State, who's supposed to have a great defense. I don't care if, if you're only you know kind of leaning towards rushing – terms of Illinois, uh, but you gave up 350 yards rushing. And I think, I think that Illinois O-line heard their head coach. I think last week he kind of called out the O-line saying they didn't have any depth. I saw some O-line gurus calling it out and I'm like, He's not wrong. They're they're not good, but they definitely heard their head coach. Bielema went out there and basically called his guys a bunch of sad sacks to the media. <laughs> hey, and, he's not uh, wrong. You know, so where's I the mean, SEC football at? He was he was being honest, you know. He, but yeah. but typically you want to have a little bit more uh, decorum when you're talking about your own team. But uh, Josh, you know, Penn State. What's your opinion, man? I mean, you got James Franklin's being mentioned for every job out there in America, uh, LSU, USC, all this kind of stuff, and then something like this happens. Do you think it was a matter of them having those kind of distractions leading into this? I don't know. Like, they recruit really well. Like, I really like Coach uh, Franklin, you know, as a coach, but it's just they can't seem to put it together for whatever reason. Like, the offense and the defense are never clicking. If you look, like, on paper at, like, the final stats of the game, like Donovan mentioned – there's no way in the world Penn State should lose this game. They had zero turnovers. Illinois had three. Illinois has zero passing game, like Donovan said. They're strictly running the ball. And you do have a great defense. You have a phenomenal linebacker core, by the way. Like, how are you not just loading the box on every on every single play and just expecting the run? Like, you should be daring Illinois to throw the ball. And yeah, they get they got an interception off of the quarterback one time, but still like to to not be able to win this game, especially in nine overtimes, and there that one. Uh, Philly special play call in overtime. That was terrible. That is not the call to make in that game. Like, this isn't the time to get cute and pretty. Like, just win the game and get out of there. And he just tried to do too much at the end. So, to me, that was like the first time where Franklin's done something where I was like, oh, that did not look good at all. Yeah. So, you know, it, it definitely was was not ideal for Penn State. And it, it, it in fact, makes that uh, – it in fact makes that Big Ten East, you know, a little bit less than a, of a gauntlet because now even with I think College Game Day uh, going, it in College Game Day going there to to the Penn, Penn State uh, uh, Ohio State game. I mean, that is a mistake, I think, you know, because that is going to be Michigan, an absolute Michigan State. Like, come on, yeah, Michigan, Michigan State, two undefeated teams. Um, and before we move on to our next game here, we got too much going on here in the in the comments to put up here. Gary Lewis, serious question: Which twenty one SEC team has a competent pass defense? Georgia, Kentucky. <laughs> Are most twenty one SEC Arkansas. defenses Big Twelve bad? 
No, I wouldn't say most are Big 12 bad. Alabama's just more inconsistent than they have been. It's not that they're not a good defense. They've just been more inconsistent uh, than what they've been. Cam Harrison's kind of clapping back at, 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 uh, <laughs> at Gary a little bit here. BYU is 4-0 versus the Pac-12. So, you He's know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what ends up uh, happening with all that stuff. But They should go yes, to the Pac-12. No doubt, no doubt. I, I think, you know, aren't they uh they're, they're end up joining they're end up joining the the big 12 them and and cincinnati houston all those guys that are ended up joining so the college football landscape is changing teams going into the sun belt all that kind of stuff it's uh it's a whole new world you know which all started with oklahoma and texas uh you know leaving the the sinking ship that is the big 12 right now heading that was the first to, jingle block that yeah <laughs> heading to the sec and speaking of the sec let's talk about the alabama crimson tide right yep. so alabama comes out and here's the the good and the bad from my point of view watched every snap of that game well i say i watched every snap i had one eye also on oh, my the braves, braves are playing i know you to did. the world series <laughs> so the braves are playing the houston astros first time in 22 years the world series pretty excited about that but no i was watching the alabama uh, and tennessee game and i think what what happened is the the switch flipped for bryce young in that game mm-hmm. he looked different than he's looked all year and it's not because that tennessee defense is bad i'll just be honest with you. that front seven for tennessee is talented alante taylor is going to be a longtime pro i'm telling you he uh he's a guy who he can play at at different positions he's a corner right now for tennessee but he's long enough and physical enough he can play safety nickel anything he wants to at the pro level uh and tennessee has some guys but alabama just doesn't have that laser focused discipline it seems that they've had in past you know you open up a drive with a delay of game penalty there should have been another one that you opened up a drive with that Saban had to take a timeout there's multiple fault start penalties there's different kind of things busted assignments in the secondary that allow big plays just to me Josh with you being our our resident Alabama guy it doesn't look like the same laser focus Nick Saban team yeah and I it's really hard because you you get kind of you know spoiled when you have guys like you know Fitzpatrick you know Arenas I mean I can go on so just all these first round draft picks that have come out of Alabama now you have a ton of new guys and it seems like the the guy Malachi Moore is like the captain on the defense I'm still (laughs) I'm pulling for the Braves just because I hate the Astros obviously um but for me it's just there's so many young guys on the on the in the secondary and they haven't like matured yet they're they're not at that level to where they communicate well like right uh armor davis hellums they just haven't gotten on the same page it seems like like the texas a&m game as soon as malachi moore went out i knew i was like this is bad <laughs> this is just a bunch of young guys secondary you can be a four-star five-star but it doesn't matter if you're not making the plays if you're not in the position you need to be up front i think the d-line is getting better i mean it starts with william anderson but i think uh byron young is going to be a phenomenal guy he reminds me of jonathan allen um, Phil Darius Mathis has stepped up. DJ Dale has been a disappointment for a while. Um, but outside of that, like, I feel really good about it. I know you hate our linebackers, Blaine. You don't really like Henry Atoto. But I Henry think they're Toto getting – is slow. I'm just <laughs> telling you. Slow. I'm not worried about slow. the NFL, though. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just worried about this season with him. Uh, but I'm Christian Harris, you. quick to the ball. But Allen's been out, too. He was he was that captain for us on, in the, at the linebacker core. So he's been out all season long. So they're – once again, people will say, I don't care. All these five-star recruits, 
But if you're yeah, not playing on the same on the same page, you can put blame on Pete Golding. Alabama does it every single week. Alabama hates that guy. Which I mean, if you take a look at him, you're like, all right, he's not a defensive coordinator. Like, where's Kirby Smart? Um, yeah, I think I think Saban looks sometimes, and he just he just looks at Pete Golding. He's like, you're not Kirby. Yeah. Why, why are you not Kirby? Like, he's like, where's Pruitt at now? <laughs> he was with him for so long. But Donovan, uh, the physicality, I think, is starting to get there with Alabama back to those levels. And uh, we're going to get to our top 10 rankings that we all do each week here in reaction. But I think you're starting to see Alabama, some of those those pieces up front, starting to play with that that edge that, that Alabama is known for. Yeah, you're starting to see him get more comfortable, right? You even see Bryce Young running a little bit. That run game is starting to pick up that D-line. Like you mentioned, Josh, they're starting to grow into their own a little bit. You know, listen, I came in tonight saying, ah, Alabama won myself and, you know, a group of the most elite gamblers on the planet. Decent chunk of money. You know, I, I appreciate that. I said, I'll come in. Yeah, I, won't, I, I, won't. I have a text what you sent. You did. You do. You know what was at stake for you us. You abandoned the bet. Listen, they, they did me a great service as well as a couple others. That being said. Just so everybody knows, about the third quarter last night, Donovan oh says, screw it, they're not going to cover them. I'm, I'm <laughs> <rooting for losers. laughs> I was in a dark hole. So you should just send me that night. whole ring. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll put up there eventually. I, I said, listen, Bama, Bama did me a good service, right? I'm not going to go go toward him. There is a fine line right now in college ball, in my opinion, of the top two teams, and then there is a big drop at every, below that line. And Bama is not in one of those top two teams, in my opinion. Their defense – would get shredded, I believe, by Ohio State. And I don't know if their offense right now, not to say that they couldn't pick it up later, would be able to score enough against Georgia's elite defense. That's just my t- you know, two cents of it. We'll get into I'd a like to challenge that secondary. I think that's a great matchup. But my my yeah. point is, Blaine, you mentioned how it seemed like the 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 switch flipped for BY9 out there, who I think is the Heisman candidate now, simply because he showed. And you said this in the text. It's him, also. And, Matt, it's him and Matt Corral. I mean, yeah. I really believe. But, and this is something you said last night, you saw the value of Bryce Young. The running game was running through Bryce Young. Those big third-down conversions, him running with his feet. The O-line was struggling big time, yeah. and and he showed that's what it. Like- worries me. That's what worries me about Alabama, Josh, is because he literally was buying so much time by himself. They just better pray to the good Lord Jordan that, <laughs> that, that Bryce Young does not get hurt because if Bryce Young yeah. goes out and you got to throw, uh, you know. Paul Tyson? Yeah, Bear Bryant's great grandson, twice removed hey. from a third marriage, whatever it is out there. Uh, they're just clinging to some kind no of Bear slide. Bryant, you know, thing over there in that legacy. He's no, good. but if they if they have to throw him in there, uh, that that would be a totally different story. But Donovan, we talked about physicality. You and I uh, disagree a little bit on the next team. We're going to talk about Michigan. They dominated uh, Northwestern, you know, at least on the scoreboard. But you said that there are some things out there. Uh, that Michigan needs to be worried about, especially heading in to a top 10 matchup with their rival Michigan State in East Lansing this week. So what are your thoughts, Donovan, on that that Michigan just run it down your throat style of football? And, you know, how are they how are they going to going to be going into this game? I, listen, Michigan, they've got a physical offensive line, right? They, they've got – there's a reason they have, you know, at one point in the season, I'm not sure if they still are, had the most rushing yards in FBS, right? There's a reason they have a two-headed monster running back, right? Their offensive line in their run game is the best in the Big Ten, right? And that says a lot considering the the group you've got in, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, that's in my opinion. Michigan, a top team in America. <laughs> top 10 in the Nick, Big Ten, maybe. Nick, Nick Maroso. I, I don't know how to pronounce Marossi, your last name. Maybe. Nick, Marossi. Marossi, but uh, He's from Michigan. Michigan top, 
top two be. team. He's 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 probably a youper, man. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's on payroll. <laughs> he's up there, but uh, no, I don't know if Michigan's top two, but I definitely think they're very physical, like you were saying, Donovan. Uh, but you, you just don't think there's enough balance, right, with that Michigan team? They they look like the same Michigan team that we see in in previous. I said this before we got on air is that this is the same Michigan team of the last five years with Harbaugh, except. They didn't lose in week three or week five to Rutgers or to Maryland or something like that, right? They have no passing game. A JV high school passing attack is what Michigan has. Their defense is great. I mean, their defense is strong. They're slow. It just seems like they're slow. Yeah, he is. Aiden, he's a huge draft name right now. He might be the – he's probably the best defensive end in the country. I mean, him and Kayvon Thibodeau, those two, you can make an argument, right? We'll just just think that you're calling Will Anderson a linebacker. Go ahead. Yes, I'm going (laughs) to ask by Will Anderson a linebacker. But Michigan, they just look slow. I mean, like, they look slow compared to Michigan State, or they look slow compared to Alabama or or Ohio State, even Georgia, right, with their offensive struggles. Georgia's defense is just fast. That's the difference. And I'm not too high on Michigan. Big Ten ain't got this. Again, people are saying that. We we will get to this later on. It's not actually part of the show, but people are saying that Georgia's offense is struggling. It is like it is the most. It is the second most efficient offense in the country. They do what they have to do when they have to do it to win the ball. He's talking game management over here. I'm just telling you. You go look at the most the who's who who has the most explosive plays in in play action. Georgia's number two in the country. I mean, it, it's uh, they're they're consistent in every phase of the game, and they're elite among maybe one of the most elite defenses we've seen in the last 10, 15 years uh, on that on that side of the ball. So, and we'll get to more stuff of that later in this week when we get to our previews, start of mm-hmm. everything. This is more of a reaction show. Speaking of reaction, uh, gonna go. I missed the the Penn State one. I don't want to. I don't want to throw. Uh, not not put Donovan's hard work to to use over here. So we had this headline where Penn State went down. We talked about. Oh, hold on, that's taunting right there. That's taunting. Throw the flag. <laughs> yeah, it should be nine over. It, Ten overtimes, please. That's that's taunting. Yeah, so that was in the nine overtimes, and then of course uh, we also have already, you know, talked about Alabama and, and Michigan, some of that stuff. Now we're going to get into, uh, you know, Oklahoma State goes down, guys. They mm-hmm. go down to a they're a top ten team that falls the Big Twelve. Uh, their only hope now is Oklahoma. And speaking of Oklahoma. They survived a a you know in Kansas where that score was not indicative of uh, of of how that game ended up either. So when you're talking about Kansas, a team that is much like Vandy and and what I think of Vandy should be kicked out of the SEC. I think Kansas should be kicked out of any conference as well. They should be sent to the football. Island of Miss Island <laughs> of football teams, you know, like over there, but. Oklahoma had all they wanted from the Kansas Jayhawks on Saturday, and it took a Herculean effort from Caleb Williams with his legs. Uh, and they He's stealing they kept, the ball. You know, I thought it was kind of odd they wanted to keep talking about how thick his legs were on the broadcast, but that's neither here or there. You know, I mean, I'm like, well, let's not let's not talk about the men's uh, anatomy and stuff, okay? You know, let's let's leave. We that hear from Saquon Barkley all the time. Watching, so. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, anyways, you know, when you're talking about Oklahoma. Caleb Williams is an absolute bona fide superstar, yet he still is a freshman, and we saw the struggles that he had early. The early interception, uh, you know, had some had some problems there. The Oklahoma offense was not moving the way it needed needed to move or should have moved against that Kansas defense, and 
they were not physically, you know, imposing uh, on the defensive side of the ball, which is kind of something they've tried to hold their hat on, except that Texas game this year. They've tried to be more improved on defense. I thought that Oklahoma took a step back this week in terms of the overall, uh, you know, the overall perception of their team. And I think the CFP committee will hold that against them going into this oh, yeah. first ranking. <clears throat> to me, like when I was watching this game, first off, and I tweeted out, I love Devin Neal's game. Like the dude's a baller running back for Kansas, had 23 carries uh, right at 100 yards and two touchdowns. Kansas just controlled the entire game. If you look at the time of possession, Kansas had the ball for 35 minutes and 30 seconds compared to Oklahoma's 24 minutes and 30 seconds. They were physical on defense, which you don't see from Kansas. I mean, I saw glimpses of a good Kansas when they played Coastal Carolina earlier in the season, um, especially from Bean. Like, imagine losing to a guy with the name Bean. But the dude, like, he <laughs> makes <Mr>. plays. <laughs> Jason Bean, like, he makes plays. He made a lot of big plays against Coastal, and he was giving me fits, like, with my bets. But I just, I just respected the heck out of Kansas for being physical, saying, look, we're not scared of y'all. Like, we know we're Kansas. No one respects us. But we're gonna like step up to you, and, and Caleb Williams had to take a step back and be like, "All right, this is my first real adversity here. Like, what can I do to kind of fix this?" And the second half just blew the door open, essentially on offense. Um, but just that first that first half was just a gut check to Oklahoma. Like, what the heck are we doing? We look like Spencer Rattler's back out here. Like, how are we gonna adjust this at halftime? And even the second half, like it wasn't close. There were some big plays that Caleb Williams made, like you said, taking the ball out of Kennedy Brooks's hands, um, and getting that first down to pretty much win the game. Um, so I just going forward, I think the teams with really good quarterbacks are the ones that are going to make it in the playoffs and, you know, win games in the playoffs, whether it's, you know, Bryce Young or Caleb Williams, possibly CJ Stroud, maybe Stetson Benton. We'll see. Um, but I think that's what's going to separate them from teams like, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma State. Those teams are going to slowly trickle out. I think Desmond Ritter can be mentioned up there, too. But um, I just think that Caleb Williams effect is going to carry this team, but that defense is not good. It's ugly. Yeah, and uh, Donovan, you know, when it when it comes down to it, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, end up talking about these teams in the college, you know, football playoff realm, right? We're going to be talking about, okay, who are the contenders and who are, you know, the teams that are not necessarily elite right now. I think Oklahoma State, that, 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 bubble finally burst right not saying Iowa State's not a good team and of course it was on the road it was a close game uh but when you talk about Oklahoma uh you know obviously staying in the same state Oklahoma State the Cowboys right there you got to give it to them of what they've accomplished so far uh but they just didn't have enough in terms of making those those plays offensively uh too many mistakes on that side of the ball and gave up some chunk plays on defense Iowa State comes out with a victory there yeah, it was a hard-fought game. I mean, it was 24-21, both offenses, right, both rush games. They didn't get, you know, as uh, rolling as, as they have in the past, but uh, Spencer Sanders was was pretty efficient, right? He just kind of got outdueled a little bit by Brock Purdy, and Iowa State made some more plays um, when they needed to. And, again, it's nothing against Oklahoma State. It's kind of Iowa State playing up to a little bit of their potential, what we thought they had coming into the season. Um, I, honestly, I've, I, I look at Oklahoma State's loss – and I respect that a little more than I do Oklahoma's win because I'll, I'll, I'll let everyone in on a little secret, right? The reason Oklahoma, and I think they're probably the only one of the top six teams that are like this, they're struggling at Kansas. Like you mentioned, Josh, Kansas running back had a great day, right? Kansas played up to every ounce of potential that they have. The reason Oklahoma struggles is not because Kansas played up to their fullest potential. It's because they're just, they're just fragile. They're mentally fragile, right? 
I don't, it's Kansas. It'd be like if Georgia struggled against Vanderbilt or State struggled against, you know, the worst of the Big Ten, you know, Rutgers, right? Or Indiana, last night if they did that. You're only seeing Oklahoma do this week in and week out. They're fragile. No, no doubt, no doubt. You're, you're seeing uh, Oklahoma just flirt with uh, fire, it seems, every week. But Oklahoma State now, you know, they're still going to have that chance to redeem themselves in, in, in uh, Bedlam down there. And I'm just telling you, Oklahoma, uh, that game, and that game is at Oklahoma State, right? That game's on November 27th. There will be an opportunity for Oklahoma State to kind of rectify things, especially after Oklahoma takes on a physical Iowa State team the week before. So this is nowhere near a game-set-match deal in the Big 12 uh, for Oklahoma, especially with what we saw yesterday out of that defense having the inability to get off the field on third down at times and really you know, relying on a true freshman in Caleb Williams, who I'm just telling you, as talented as he is, if you have to rely on a true freshman to be the key cog to make your offense roll, there's going to be mistakes at times. And uh, that, that'll be the case. But guys, before we uh, share our top 10, we see a lot of great comments in here. Some people saying they really enjoy the show podcast. Do us a favor. Be a friend and share with three friends, right? We go ahead and tell them about the show. Uh, send the link to them. Hit the subscribe button on the 365 Sports YouTube channel now. That would be a great big help to us. And then the easiest thing you can do, just hit that thumbs up, that like button. That helps out tremendously. We would greatly appreciate that. You can find us on uh, Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to. We'll have that put up there uh, tomorrow for a recap of this. Now, guys, uh, yeah, go ahead, Josh. Can we, can we talk about Kenny Pickett, please? Oh, we're going we, to. Okay, good. We're going. I just want to get that in there. We're going to talk about uh about Kenny Pickett and 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 some of these other teams. Um, well, let's go ahead and hit that first. You're right. Before we get to our top ten, to, to, he hasn't cracked my top ten yet, but they're getting there. They yeah, got one loss. They're getting because they're they're not going to get in there just yet. But uh, we, we'll real quick. We'll say NC State falls to Miami. Guys, Terrible I'm not going to spend a ton yeah. of time on that. Uh, just because. I, I don't know what the heck happened to NC State in that game. Miami is a living. They threw the ball all over them. Yeah, they did. They, they did. And, you know, you had, you, you know, you got to give it to Rhett Lashley, the offensive coordinator there at Miami. He's a creative guy. But just when a Miami team's been playing that bad, I guess it's the law of averages. It has to, it has to balance out at some point. But we're not going to spend a lot of time on that. We will spend a little bit of time on uh, DJ Uangalele getting benched. Uh, and I don't know how to pronounce the backup quarterback's no. name even better. <laughs> uh, so, so it's uh, I I just gotten used to saying Uangalele and saying it like I know what I'm saying. And now they bench him for some guy that sounds like pharmaceutical tech is his last name. <laughs> I, don't what, I don't know what's going on over there. So you know you got, <laughs> you got the Clemson so Tiger. I mean that's what it looks like. It looks like it says pharmaceutical tech or something over there on his uh, like on the back Hebrew. of his jersey. So. Uh, you know, but they they lose, get pounded by the the Pittsburgh Panthers. Kenny Pickett mm. comes out there just slinging the ball all over the yard. You know, acting like Steve Austin calling for a cold one after the game in the in the uh, <laughs> you know Stone Cold in the in the post game interview. So he's an accurate thrower too. Whoever that guy was throwing Stone Cold his beers back in the day, that guy oh, yeah. didn't miss. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But you know, when you're talking about Kenny Kenny Pickett, he's like 35 years old. So there's no issue with him being legal drinking he's age seasoned, uh, over yeah. there. He's he's been at Pitt for a while. But you know, Josh, I know that you like to keep up, especially with your podcast for the the Washington Football Team. Uh, you like to keep up with the NFL and some of those guys and their draft ratings. 
Kenny Pickett is a guy who is skyrocketing up draft boards right now, and it's a lot to do with the fact that this 29 uh, – well, a lot of these guys that are going out for the draft this year, they were part of the 2019 recruiting class. Got like guys like Spencer Rattler. Um, you know, think it was a 2009 class, but <laughs> yeah, but guys like Spencer Rattler and Bo Nix, a lot of underwhelming quarterbacks, you know, that are going to be coming out in this class. Kenny Pickett's, uh, I think, a class or two older than them, but he is by far and away the most consistent quarterback that's going to come out in this class. He he could end up making himself a high first round draft pick before all this is said and done. Yeah, he's been like that mid-tier quarterback that everyone's kind of flirted with, like in the draft. Like, oh, I mean, he's got that potential, but we haven't seen that that like next step that you want so bad. It seems like this year he finally um, – you got to respect him for coming back because I think he would have been a late, late draft pick last year. Um, and people are saying this year they expect him to go like fourth, fifth round. Um, just because of the draft class is kind of hit or miss this year, but then also like they didn't expect this kind of Kenny Pickett to come out. And then now you're talking mid first, late first round right now. I'm trying to like compare it to a guy like I guess like a Zach Wilson. I don't think he'll go number two overall, but he went from like this guy that you kind of knew about, and you're like, oh, he's got a lot of really good tools, and then just hasn't like one like outstanding season. Um, but I don't think it's a like flu. Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe Burrow just had one great season. Like he that's, transferred. That's what I'm saying. He was he was kind of average. You know, would have been a maybe a who knows what he even. The year before Joe Burrow won the Heisman, he may have not even gotten drafted, honestly. Yeah, which is nuts. And then he goes to have the greatest season ever. So I'm not saying Kenny Pickett's having that kind of year, but he's having a year that's Still probably really good. In my opinion, is going to land him in New York as a Heisman finalist. I don't see how he's how he's not uh in that in that award, especially yeah. now you're looking at the real possibility of Pittsburgh eleven and one facing a twelve and zero Wake Forest team for the ACC championship and possibly one of those teams getting to be the fly in the ointment of the CFP, depending on what happens. Imagine a one loss pit. It's going to be, it's going to be absolutely crazy. But before we move on to our top 10, the last thing, Donovan, when you talk about, you know, Dabo Sweeney and you talk about DJ Uongalele, now he's been, he's been benched, Uh, you know, had the huge Dr. Pepper NIL deal coming into this year. You know, everybody thought he was the heir apparent to, to Trevor Lawrence over there. You know, what is what are you thinking when you see one, a guy who has all of that wrapped up in his in his, his persona, in his, you know, makeup that everybody, all the expectations are putting on him. And now I know the offensive line's bad, but he's just not been what they expected there at Clemson. No, the talent that he had coming in is not translating into this year. The talent you saw in, you know, the one or two games that Trevor Lawrence missed last season, you're not seeing that translate into twenty twenty one. It is a shame for the kid, right? He's not getting much help from the offense around him, right? He's getting all the help from the defense, right? But he's not getting help from much around him, uh, including his head coach. Um, I just think he kind of got caught up in that, you know, that smoke screen of hype that we all got caught up in, right? We in this, you know, week one and two of this show, we were talking, oh, it's going to be Clemson versus North Carolina. And I don't, I think everybody was, and no one saw this coming. It is going to be interesting for him going to the future if this was just kind of like a little threat, right? It kind of picked me up by Dabo, or if this was like, no, like you are, you're on thin ice, right? Your job is at stake here, and it's going to be week in, week out of practice. I mean, to me, like it says, like, you know, if it is like that, then I mean, Dabo's got to look at himself. If you're going to hold your quarterback to a high standard, you haven't shown anything to be able to adapt to build an offense around them. I mean, yet this is probably the most that Clemson's ha- like ever had to reload on offense, especially. 
I mean, literally all they really had coming back was like Justin Ross. You you lost everything in the draft last season, but still. Josh, oh, I got to read this one. Josh, do you think that Tennessee maybe has found a coach? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, like people were like making fun of Tennessee before the season, and Heupel's going to do a great job bringing recruits, recruits there. I mean, guys like Turnage from Alabama transferred to Tennessee mostly because of uh, Heupel. Like you don't just – People didn't want to go play at Tennessee. They, they lost so much last year, so I respect the heck out of them. Um, they've been impressive, and Virginia Tech wishes they had Hennon Hooker back. Yeah, no doubt. And what you were just talking about with Clemson there and all that, uh, Sam Kim says Clemson is a classic case of how quickly you can lose 20-year-olds. And here's the thing, uh, Sam and, and everybody else listening out there, Dabo Sweeney's in danger territory right here, right? He's been living off – of two generational quarterbacks and not much else outside of it. Yep. A defense that has been extremely well coached in Brent Venables and has overachieved year after year. They have not had just elite defensive talent, right? They've had some, some pros, no doubt, but they haven't had just elite of elite defensive talent. And but they've played good enough in team ball to to you know get them a couple of championships. You can't take that away from them. But unless Dabo Sweeney makes a fundamental change in how he's going to recruit guys he does not offer i don't care if you're a top 100 player in the country he does not offer you until you are a senior until the end of your junior year That's and right. most of these guys are already well into the the thick of things and they're so recruiting, we're recruiting eighth graders <laughs> yeah no doubt i mean you had tennessee offer walter nolan's brother who's a seventh grader uh so you know and, and you know they're offering walter nolan not only his brother, but they're McDonald's bags of cash, all kinds of stuff. You know, talking about hypo. You know, you know, talk about hypo. We'll see if hypo uh, continues some of Pruitt's wanna, uh, recruiting tactics over there. I want to, I want to bring out a point. Like we talked about the NIL, like before the season, like what this is going to do for the players. The two, well, I mean, Bryce Young got like a million dollar endorsement. He's doing good, but outside of that, like you, you see, like you mentioned, uh, DJ getting like all these NIL deals, the commercial stuff like that. Spencer Rattler had one of the biggest NIL deals. You know. We we're saying Listen, he's going to win the Heisman. JT Daniels is raking in NIL money. He's got Zach Spees. He's got. He's Roebuck. not even playing. Guess what? <laughs> he may not. He may not get his job back. Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. There's a. There's a legitimate. I'm not saying anything. I'm not breaking any news here. I'm just saying there is a legitimate chance that Stetson Bennett is the quarterback for Georgia going forward, whether JT Daniels is healthy or not. I'm just telling you that's how much they believe in what he's been able to do for that football team. Uh, so very, very but, interesting that point. But do you think this is going to be like something going forward? Like we knew it was something to watch and maybe the, D Dabo said he was going to quit if players started getting paid. He said, I will quit coaching if that happens and it happens. Now look at his team. His team's one of the teams that's, you know, has this negative effect towards it. So I just, to me, like, I'm interested to see how this looks like long-term. Like, is that something you have to think about? Like when you're recruiting a guy, like, I don't know. Like to me, like we, we we wondered what it was going to do to certain players, and you have to imagine, like it went to Rattler's head, and it showed on the field. He completely lost who he was, and then DJ's been playing like doo doo lately. You can put a lot of it on Dabo, but he doesn't look confident out there. Like, are they just kind of like, nah? I kind of got what I you know wanted. The rest is going to come to me because of my name, my rankings, and all that. I, don't I know. think I, I think DJ had a lot to do with that offensive line. Go ahead, Don. Well, I just I was going to say with NIL, I think it's going to play a big factor going forward. I mean, again, as a former player. I have strong opinions about the NIL process. Yeah, what well, if he gave you a million dollars? How would you play? <laughs> listen, I have very strong opinions about NIL, and they are not what you think as a former FBS player. Uh, they are 
overwhelmingly negative and that, that that can we can get into it another show but i just i think we're kind of seeing the early stages of nil and, and what that impact has going forward but again you know i could have predicted this well donovan what i want much. you to go further into here is your top 10 and i'm gonna go ahead and throw it on the screen here so this is donovan's top 10 after week eight leading into week nine of fbs action so go ahead and tell us justify this donovan what's going on for the and uh you know explain it all for the people listening via podcast as i mentioned before i think one and two georgia ohio state that's where the bar is set right now georgia deserves to be number one they're undefeated they've got the best defense in college football their run game is as strong as anybody's right uh, i think they're the, the pride of the sec right now ohio state no one can pace their offense um, I think the only chance that someone has is Georgia's defense, honestly. They're starting to really kind of put the wheel turning and everything right now. Cincinnati, I'm not a coward. I did not move them down. Why? Because they deserve to stay at number three, right? If we're going to give other teams breaks, we're going to give it to Cincinnati. And as I said a couple weeks ago, teams like Navy and Army, right, teams that run that triple option kind of wing T, they theoretically could beat any team any day of the week just because it's that complicated to prepare for an offense, and their defenses are typically a little complex too. Alabama moved them up to number four, right? Again, I don't like doing this, but you got to ask yourself uh, which teams are beating Alabama. It's got to be a, a weight of, of, you know, objectively who deserves to be there and and who would actually win, right? Oklahoma, number five, I, I dropped them down a little bit. I think you know, how different really is this Oklahoma team after Kansas? Michigan State, listen, if they beat Michigan, I'm moving them up to number three. I don't care, Michigan State. Mm. I, I want to see what they really have to bring. And I think they're going to beat Michigan State. Oregon, you know, I, I moved them back into the top 10 just because, you know, the loss against Stanford hurts them. But I think that Oregon run game, even without C.J. Verdell, is still pretty strong. Michigan, again, you know I feel about them. I think they're slow. I think they're one-dimensional. Old Miss, you know, I think they have the best quarterback in the country, or at least the most entertaining and electrifying, and they can they can score with just about anybody. And then Iowa, again, elite defenses matter. Um, their offense needs to pick it up. they got to find some identity on offense, but that rounds up my top ten right there. Yeah, not hard to hard to argue with some of those. I think we do have a little bit of uh, variance in some of our top ten points. And Josh, I'm gonna go ahead and let you uh, talk about yours real quick. Absolutely. So of course, I got Georgia number one. I think Alabama number two. <laughs> it might be biased, I know. Bring it on. But like you said, like Tennessee is not a slouch. And them just kind of coming on the second half of that game, just you know, fighting through adversity, it's gonna happen. And Cincinnati, the whole resume thing still bugs me. So I have them at number three. Um, like you said earlier before we start uh, recording SMU is going to be a great game for them that they, they might be able to upset alert for that one. Um, Ohio state at number four, just that lost Oregon burns. Like I remember watching that game and it, it went as bad as it could have went for Ohio state. Um, so I got to put them at four, even though I think they're quickly climbing. I think they can pass Cincinnati, you know, with the gauntlet and the schedule that Ohio state has coming up in that big 10, all the big 10 teams are like facing each other at the end. So I think Ohio state can jump Cincinnati, even if Cincinnati is still undefeated. I put Michigan at number five just because they've been impressing the heck out of me. I do agree. I think Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, like that whole Big Ten, just that offense quarterback-wise doesn't do it for me, but the defense looks good. Um, so I have Michigan State at number six. Their defense needs to get a little bit better, but I love Kenneth Walker. I think it's going to be a great matchup, um, and I think we have some disagreements on who's going to win Michigan, Michigan State. Seven, Oklahoma. I mean, that was just ugly against Kansas. I don't care you win that game. That might as well be a, a loss. We'll put like parentheses, a one in the loss column. Um, Oregon getting better, surprisingly. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau is a stud. He is carrying that defense 
big time. I mean, the guy's putting up ungodly numbers. Um, once CJ Verdell went down, I thought this team was just going to fold over and not do much. Um, but they've stepped up and pressed the heck out of me. I had UCLA. I put money on them. They beat them. I was close, but to me, just the way it looked impressed the heck out of me. And of course, Ole Miss, like you said, Matt Crowell, dude's electric. They can beat a lot of really good teams, except for Alabama. Um, but I think once again, the SEC schedule helps them out. And then Iowa, I'm not, I'm not going to take them to number 10, even though they lost to a ugly Purdue team who lost this week too. But that defense is just so good. It's a top, top three or four defense in college football. So I had to keep them in the top 10. Okay. So you've seen two that have, uh, you know, tried to, I guess, make some sort of association maybe to the, to the AP top 10 or try to keep, now you're going to see me drop just a nuclear bomb on all of that. And this is how college football should be. I know people are going to say Alabama number two, I'm telling you nobody in the country if they get down to it, you inject some truth serum into those veins. No one wants to play Alabama, okay? And I'm just telling you, no one wants to play Alabama. And, and I covered the University of Georgia. I'm telling you, nobody is excited about playing Alabama. Ohio State, just the same. The only difference is I think that when you look at those two teams, Alabama lost to a better team in Texas A&M than, than, than Ohio State did to Oregon. I think mm. Texas A&M beats Oregon any day of the week. I'm just mm. telling you. I'm just telling you, one thing you won't see in my top 10 is anybody from the Pac-12, okay? <laughs> because the Pac-12 <laughs> is absolute garbage. There is nobody in the Pac-12 that deserves to be in the top 10. It is a absolute farce and a joke. Uh, and you won't see, you know, the group of five teams, Cincinnati dropping all the way to seven, that's because they have not played anyone. I'm telling you, Notre Dame is not any good. There's they're, they're living off a NBC deal and nostalgia alone. That's that's all Notre Dame is. There's no there's no substance there. So when you take that into account, I like this Michigan football team. I like how physical they are, and you know when you talk about how they're able to run the football and then Michigan state with what they have with Kenneth Walker, that is going to be an epic mm -hmm. showdown this week. I got them at four and five respectively. So as it rolls for people on the podcast, Georgia one, Alabama two, Ohio state three, Michigan four, Michigan state five, Oklahoma at six, because I'm just telling you there's way too much inconsistencies, even with the greatness that is Caleb Williams. And I predict he'll win one, maybe two Heisman's before he ends up going to the NFL. He's going to be that kind of football player, but they're not there as a team yet. Cincinnati, just because they're undefeated, I'll leave them in the top two. I literally, guys, almost considered dropping them out. I mean, when you're when you're facing a one in five Navy team and you don't just absolutely uh, obliterate it, you know that that's just that's just terrible. I'm just telling you, if you're hey, you can say whatever you want about get me off the show. I'm just <laughs> telling you, you're, I love the Ohio when, love. When, when you're thinking of, when you're thinking about where these teams are at. That is not even – it's not even close, guys. It's not even close to any team in the Pac-12 being playoff caliber. It's not. There's nobody out there that deserves a shot at the Pac-12. It's not even close. You're talking about the Big Big Ten East. That's probably the best division in football this year with LSU being down in the SEC West, Auburn being down in the SEC West. Big Ten East, best division in football. Usually it's the SEC West, not this year. 
I think Georgia is uh, head and shoulders above everybody right now. You look at Kentucky. Kentucky is a team that if you put Kentucky in the ACC, they win the ACC. You put Kentucky in the Big 12, they probably get close to winning the Big 12. They're in the top two or three mm. in that in that conference over there. Ole Miss has one of the most electrifying players in college football in Matt Corral. And then when you talk about um, – when you talk about it, LSU's the best. I don't know. I'm not that crazy. Even <laughs> uh, and then when you talk about Iowa, you know, they're just consistent. They don't have a lot of playmakers on offense. But, guys, that is my uh, top ten. And, you know, hey, to each their own. That's what's the beauty, beauty about this. You get, all to, uh, you get to, you know, all put out your your thoughts now there. Give yours in the comments. Go ahead and drop your top, uh, top ten in there. We'd love to hear it. But I'm just telling you guys, Pac-12, uh, not even close. Big 12, not even close except Oklahoma if they get some of their consistencies straightened out. And I don't think Cincinnati deserves to be in the playoff, even if they run the run the table. And I think uh, Tanner Mordecai uh, and SMU derails that for them later in the season anyways. I got a question real quick, just a quick hit. If Michigan State and Oklahoma play, let's just say like Florida, mutual site, some random place next Saturday, who wins that game? I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the best team in in the in the Big 12 versus uh the no no but like team. but I I think Michigan State would beat Oklahoma just what what I saw off of Kansas State and how they run the ball Kenneth Walker would have like 500 yards oh, yeah, and they no, just yeah I'm talking ball. about when you're talking about Florida though Florida is a Florida is a mid tier SEC team I'm no, talking say about if they played like in Florida like if Oklahoma and side. Michigan State played each other yeah like oh, just a I random place like a bowl game let's just say the bowl season was. Next I'm week. taking Michigan State to win right now. I think I think Michigan State. I think that's what I told you. I think the Big Ten East is the best division in football. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I think in, so. in college football, there's there's no no doubt about it. This these last three weeks, three or four weeks of the season, five whatever it is, is going to be just electrifying when you come to all those undefeated teams uh, or well two undefeated teams in Ohio State uh, facing each other in kind of round robin fashion. There, I think it's going to be really entertaining so you know somebody just said i'm reading comments here there is an original thought in this entire podcast i think my big my my uh top 10 was pretty original right there i don't think you'll find i haven't seen a kentucky in the top 10 that that matches it (laughs) out there in the country so uh you know but hey we appreciate everybody you know coming in here and uh you know go ahead and dropping your con you know your comments on here go ahead like subscribe we appreciate all of that, guys. Uh, Donovan, Josh, any kind of parting thoughts before we, uh, you know, we'll be back on Thursday to do some previews of the games of the week. Definitely going to hit Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, definitely probably talk about uh, Ole Miss and Auburn a little bit. You know, that's a big, big matchup over there. Georgia, Florida's this week. I mean, there's a lot of games that, that we'll end up hitting. But any, any closing thoughts from you guys before we uh, wrap this one up? I think this last few weeks of college football are going to be some of the best we've seen in a while, um, ranging from different conferences. And I'm just excited to see it. Big 10, SEC, Big, even Big 12. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I think next week I'm just looking at the slate. There's a couple like doozers once again, but I think it's going to be just like this week. A lot of crazy games. Texas Baylor, that's one I'm kind of mm-hmm. watching early. So I'm looking forward to the preview show to talk about some of these.
Yeah, when you talk about uh, two minds, you know, playing a chess game there, Steve Sarkeesian versus Dave Aranda, give me that all day long. I, yeah. I'm ready to – Another ready to noon. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. That's that's going to be a, a nice matchup. But uh, as long as I don't have to watch uh, – as long as I'm not forced, you know, against my will to watch Pac-12 football, I'll be okay. I'm just telling you, Pac-12 is Come awesome. Come on, you don't – Colorado, Oregon? Come on. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm <laughs> done with all that. Cave, Final Thibodeau. score: ten seven. Oregon. Kayvon <laughs> Thibodeau. The only thing exciting about the Pac-12 yeah, that should be his a uh, freak of nature. That should be yeah. his uh, his his claim to fame there. But guys, for Josh Taylor and Donovan White, I am Blaine Gilmer. This has been CFB Unfiltered, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.